Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode 118. My name is Craig Perales. This is Mandrew Montemayor and joining us for the first show back in 2022, my brother Gino Perales. Boys, how are we? I think we should have left Gino in 2021. <laughs> oh, Some of my best moments were in 2021. So we're glad to be back, guys. Glad you guys are here with us in 2022. We hope you guys all had a happy holiday and a you know awesome New Year's Eve. But if you guys are watching us on the YouTube show, make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe, and make sure you guys share this video. If you guys are looking to follow us on social media, you can check out our Linktree link that's in the description. That'll take you to our Facebook and our Instagram and what have you. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of the podcast, make sure you're checking out Anchor, which is the home for Last Call Gaming, which can easily direct you back to whether it be CastBox, um, Apple, iTunes, you know, podcasts, or Spotify. So, before we get going, guys, we always like to have a beer around here. So, the drink of the week was actually picked up by my nephew, Grayson, uh, in the shopping center with his father. Um, how did he pick that out, Gene? I'm, you know, I'm browsing the aisle, and uh, he, I guess he saw the most colorful can. And he was like, Dad, you can pick this blue one, you know, if you guys wanted it. And so I grabbed it, and he loved it, and it has a picture of a beaver on it. Yeah, it's definitely got some bright colors. So this is rated an 87, which is very good on Ooh. Beer Advocate, which is the um, site we use to kind of look at the beers. And it is um, from the Belching Beaver. The beer is called No Worries. It is um, a 6.2% alcohol, which is uh, pretty, uh, pretty tasty stuff. And let's see here. It is... Year-round, it's out of California, United States, and some of the notes they have here, and I'll try to be quick with it, says, No worries, IPA is the epitome of a true West Coast IPA, but with a twist of modern-day hops and aromas. This hop-forward West Coast ale pours clear with a nice, bubbly head. Aromas of darkness and tropical fruit jump from the glass. Hmm. The first sip will tingle your taste buds as the bitterness mellows the hop flavors take over. Uh, let's see, Strata, Galaxy, Mosaic, Citra, and Amarillo hops all lend their characteristics <coughs> to this delightful West Coast IPA. This crisp, balanced ale will grasp at your senses and surely enlighten you. Andrew, do you feel enlightened with this? Or do you feel like you lost a peg or two? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe that's why we're not enjoying it as much, as it says it needs to be out of a glass, and this can is... It's too sticky for my taste. Surprisingly, I would say, I think we've had a 90 or, or higher, but, I mean, it's an 87. It's easily one of the highest ranking beers we've had, so, I mean, I, I actually really enjoy it, but, yeah, maybe it would lend itself to a draft than the can. It's not terrible. I think it just has a little bit of a stronger kind of an aftertaste, but it's, I didn't it's even... It's that 6.2 <laughs> creeping up on you. I didn't even realize that it was Belching Beaver until you said something, because I just had their one up there. It's like a gold... They have, like, a golden ale, too. Maybe we'll get that for next the week. The Beaver didn't give it away? I uh, you know what? I didn't even think about it. I thought it was like a gopher or something. I wasn't really, I, I kind of wasn't really looking. I think the crisp and balance though is kind of pops out when you read that because I I'm not a huge fan of IPAs and it hides the 6.2 alcohol flavor pretty well. I think it is kind of really balanced. Yeah. Well, and again, we lean ourselves right back into this IPA trend that we've been I'm not doing, a huge so. fan, but this one I is I probably drink this one and the next one. <laughs> so, um, we're going to move from there. Guys, if you want to drink, make sure you grab a cocktail at home, drink along with us, and if you want to submit a suggestion for us to look for future episodes to drink, uh, just leave it down in the comments below. So before we grab um, our first story, we're going to do What Are You Up To? Where we take a second to talk about what we've been watching, what we've been playing, and if we've got any you know things cool that have been happening. So, Andrew, why don't you uh, lead us off this fine January 2022 episode? So, what have I been up to? I actually have wrapped up Scarlet Nexus as much as I kind of want to play it for now. I really enjoyed it. I actually really, really like that game. That one was like for sure a sleeper hit for me. So, I highly recommend it if you're looking for some sort of JRPG to play out there. Uh, the next game I'm going to be playing, sorry if I butcher this name because I think it's kind of dumb anyways. It's called <laughs> Record of Lodos War Deedlit in um, Wonder Labyrinth. And... Um, this one actually looks interesting. The main reason I'm actually excited to play this game is because it's got that Castlevania Symphony of the Night 2D art style. So it's like a Metroidvania style game. I heard that it's not that long. And I'm actually going to be trying to stream this one. So I will put up a post if that's something you're interested in to give you some time because I got I just got all my equipment so i gotta hook it up figure out how to use it and everything so probably maybe like wednesday of this week or something like that i should do that and then i've also been watching book of boba fett and i've actually really been liking it so far i don't know if it's well i have more mandalorian to base it off of but i kind of maybe find maybe it's just because i like boba fett more i find him more interesting than the mandalorian i just like that the mandalorian's more 
as some of his earlier <laughs> story, yeah, some of yeah, maybe that's the thing is it is kind of a slow burn. I won't get into spoilers here. Oh, I want to. <laughs> I want to get the light spoilers. I, I think we've all been watching Boba Fett, and you can give me your take on it too. My I guess my only my only part that I'm like having an issue with is that. I'm under the impression that Boba Fett was the baddest dude around. He at one point fart, fart, fart. <laughs> farted his way. He fought Darth Vader and lived. He's one of the few people that can do this. And this open, like Andrew's saying, it is a slow burn, but like he's getting whooped. He's not the badass that we thought he was. And after you watch him crawl out, again, light spoilers. If you, once you, the episode starts and you see him crawl out of the Starlight Pit, this is right after, this is Return of the Jedi. So this is supposed to be prime Boba Fett. And it doesn't look like he's bringing any of his training to when he fights these guys. And my biggest issue is one of two things. Either A, he's not as good without his gear. Or B, he just never, he doesn't, he's not good at hand-to-hand combat. And both of those diminish the character of Boba Fett. So I feel like I'm seeing too much of a bad thing. Even though I'm sure it's going to move in a direction that like he becomes awesome. Because in Mandalorian, he's badass. But I'm like, this is the guy that should be able to scrap toe-to-toe with anybody. And... I just feel like we're getting a, a watered-down version of the guy I've always thought. The guy that's sitting in my closet as, you know, my Boba Fett toys. Like, he's getting washed down a little bit, at least to me. That's how I've thought about it. I mean, I've been kind of mixed with this series. I do agree. Like, that's kind of what I feel like when I'm watching him in the later part. It's almost like he's coming out of retirement to just do, like, whatever. And I'm like, okay, hopefully this will lead into him because he's been in, like, some weird, like, tank thing that's supposed to heal you. And I'm like, okay, hopefully maybe this will be like, all right, I'm getting my strength back. I'm getting back into the groove and then I'll be fucking cool and do whatever. But yeah, that's been my biggest problem with it so far, but I'm willing to give it at least, you know, five episodes to get me there. Yeah. The Bacta tank is what it's called. I don't yeah. Know. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was going to be my exact uh, counter to that because uh, light spoilers, when he comes out of that thing, like he is shred the fuck up. He is weak as shit. So you think it more like, like he's, he's lost his when sense. He, when the, when he got into that fight, he literally told him, take me back to the healing pit. Like he is weak right now. So his name itself, I think is lending the fear aspect and the respect while he's healing, but he is not hundred percent. I, I would say he's maybe 55, 60%. But that Bacta tank comes after, after the Starlight, like when since he's been with the Tuscans, he hasn't been in that at all. So something had to have happened after that yeah, requires him to do that. Because he hasn't milk. he hasn't done that at all in the beginning, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm seeing him come out when he's supposed to be prime. Maybe it's clone getting what or so, no? He's, I don't know. I, 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 I think I'm not I think he's weak right now, and he's going to get to where we need to go. Because I, I love talking about this stuff with you but guys. I think and we'll I liked the two episodes. I watched them back to back, and I I thought there was a third one. I was like, fuck. I just want a Creed montage of him and one of those fat pigs just hitting him in the gut. I do like the way they look better too. They're not oh way better. Well, yeah, they're not. Yeah, I was going to say they're live action people with maybe some face makeup, but. They look good. What else I was going to say, last point is um, I saw the funniest meme. It's like, I watched Boba Fett for the plot, and it's like the plot, and it just shows those fat pig asses. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because um, they, they have, like, big guts, but they still have six. Oh, they yeah. still have six. Um, so, what else you have to Andrew? Was that everything? Yeah, no, that's it for me. What do you have to, Gene? Uh, watch Boba Fett. That was awesome. Uh, watch season four of Cobra Kai, which I thought, um, binge it in one day. Uh, called so off, stayed, stayed home sick. Uh, with the kid, fucking dude, watched the whole thing. Really, really liked it. Um, we also watched um, Encanto, which a funny little story is is much better than I thought it was going to be because I, you know, new you Disney, Disney movies. Movie? Yeah, okay. I'm kind of like hit or miss with them. But I think it was Chet or Pat. They sent me a snap, and they're like, "My new favorite song." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, "Dude, how do you pick a new Disney song?" Blah blah blah. I'll get him all the shit. And he's like, "Have you seen the movie?" I'm like, "No." So like, watch oh, yeah. the movie. Get back to me. The song he's talking about, dude, is that my favorite song in that movie, and it's it's awesome. Dude. Top five material. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it, it could be. Like, it's really, really good. And I, I'm like, I take back everything everything I said. It was that Damn, fucking Now I got to do the same I'll thing. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Uh, as far as games, a couple weeks ago, we beat uh, the Tiny Tina DLC for the Borderlands uh, 2, which was uh, really, really nice. And uh, then, Assault on Dragon Keep one-shot. Uh-huh. Uh, we and you played it with uh, Deandra. And then um, playing more. When you have a game like Halo that's playing and you're online, I don't play a lot of story games because I'm so involved in that. But with something I'm going to talk about later, like I, my next game, I think, is going to be Mass Effect 2. Um, How really, do you like that it's on the uh, Game Pass now? <laughs> uh, well, I did buy it before that, but that's another thing. It's just like, wait, maybe yeah. wait on buying the game because on that one, it God. all goes to the Game Pass. I mean, I like that I own it if it ever comes off, Right. but I am very glad. So if you never played it, I'm glad it's on the Game Pass and accessible. Nice. Excellent. So uh, what I've been up to, um, I knocked out Cobra Kai, knocked out Boba Fett. And the thing I just recently watched was the Harry Potter um, 20th or 25th anniversary Return to Hogwarts. It came I've out. Seen that on there. Yeah, it came out January 1st. It was kind of like the big thing for the New Year's. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's 
fantastic. And I don't, hey, pardon the pun, it's it's a magical experience. Like mm-hmm. if you if you are a fan in any aspect of this thing, you need to watch it because not only does it like give you like really cool behind the scenes of like, like they kind of break it down chapter by chapter of like, you know, of the movie. So it's like one and two were directed by Chris Columbus. The next one was directed by this guy. So like it kind of moves through the, the phases. And my favorite part is when you kind of get to Goblet of Fire and they're all talking about like, we were kids on set you know, coming into like our adolescence, like people were dating people, people were breaking up with people. I mean, it's really cool to kind of see the where drama. these kids came from. It's ridiculously stupid how fucking talented uh, Emma Watson is compared to these other guys. Like you kind of, they kind of highlight some of her scenes and dude, she's a standout success. And not only is she extremely beautiful, but um, the the other thing you kind of realize is, and they all kind of talk about it, is like, you they didn't realize like the kind of legendary actors that they were with consistently like you're talking about like not only were they working with alan rickman richard harris maggie smith but you've got gary oldman helen bottom carter uh robbie coltrane um just a lot of talented guys and you know a lot of these guys are like this is the british royalty creme creme de la creme so Mm -hmm. if you guys and they do a really nice like like tribute to like everyone that's passed since then obviously you know richard harris in the beginning and alan rickman um so if you guys need if you go if you need something to watch Check it out. And in my mind, it blows the Friends reunion special out of the water. And I was a huge fan of the Friends reunion. Have you guys seen the Harry Potter reunion at all? No. no. Next on my list now. Oh, dude. Do, treat yourself. And I'd love dude, to talk about that. Oh, yeah. So, um, as far as what I'm playing, um, Halo Infinite has just been the week-to-week uh, play kind of like all of us. But... I finally had to sink myself back to reality. It's like, okay, I got to start beating games again. And I picked up Call of Duty Vanguard, which is a game I put down for a while. Um, and I beat it, and I actually really liked it. I know there's a split decision in terms of, like, the WW, uh, WW2 <laughs> aspect. Uh, is, you know, I understand if it's not something you want to do in multiplayer, because I can understand how the guns and the maps kind of feel like a step back from all prior Call of Duties. But as far as the storyline goes, I, I don't really have an issue. I know me and you have chatted numerous times about, like, they should have pushed the envelope a little bit more in terms of, like, the direction. Like, what were they doing? Because the first one's kind of more historically accurate, where this one's kind of, like, this is their version of maybe what could have happened. Right. As far as I, what I really liked was just the four different characters you get to get. You get the Aussie, the Brit, the American, and the Russian. And that ending where they all kind of do the campaign, you know, the, together and it switches. I don't know. I find it enjoyable. I don't think it should get as bad as a rep as it did. But, I mean, again, subjective and teach their own. But uh, the next game I want to tackle is the gunk and by the time next week comes around i should at least have um i'm only an hour in so i should have at least a little more into that to talk about it um that is everything unless there's anything else you guys want to add on top of that you're gunking last night bro (laughs) so let's move into our main story guys and that is the fact that ubisoft plus is teaming up with game pass now a lot of people are unfamiliar with ubisoft uh plus everyone knows the maker but Ubisoft Plus is a subscription that used to be called Uplay and is actually only for PC gaming. It's not on console, or at least it hasn't been on console up to this point. So if it, before we get into what's going on, the um, original membership for Ubisoft is $14.99, and that gives you over 100 plus games on PC plus the subscription itself. There's another tier that's $17.99 that gives you all the above plus cloud gaming on luna which i believe is amazon's Mm -hmm. thing and stadia which is google obviously um but the headlines have been running and a lot of people have been kind of misinterpreting that what's happening with ubisoft plus is it being combined into game pass you know there's a lot of things happening they don't know especially now the ea has been a part of game pass so the best article i was able to find was actually on the verge so let me read this to you guys real quick and then we'll kind of break it down on our thoughts and opinions so Ubisoft is bringing its Ubisoft Plus subscription service to Xbox in the future and announcing that Rainbow Six Extraction will be coming to Xbox Game Pass at launch. Ubisoft Plus originally launched for PC and includes access to more than 100 Ubisoft games, including titles like Far Cry 6 for $14.99 per month. Ubisoft isn't announcing exactly when its subscription service will arrive on Xbox, only that it will be coming to Xbox in the future, according to Ubisoft Community Manager Daniel O'Connor. Microsoft added EA Play subscription service to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass in 2020, but Ubisoft says, and I think this is the most important part, Ubisoft Plus on Xbox will be a separate subscription from Game Pass. It goes on to say, Rainbow Six Extraction is also launching on day one with Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass, and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate when it releases on January 20th. 
It's the first major addition to Xbox Game Pass for 2022 after Microsoft revealed earlier this week that Mass Effect Legendary Edition, the Anacrusis, and Spelunky 2 are making their way to Xbox Game Pass soon. So again, I want to point out a lot of a lot of these outlets aren't kind of interpreting it correctly. Everyone, the mistranslation is, oh, they're combining it with Game Pass, which had a lot of red flags going. Everyone kept going, well, now what happens? What happens to my $15 Game Pass Ultimate? Does it now have to jump another $10 to kind of support the weight that Ubisoft Plus would be adding to it. And so The Verge kind of points out, and if it's a quote from Ubisoft, I have to assume that we can at least put that rumor to bed for the time being. It is two separate subscriptions that are going to finally, for the first time, be on console platforms. So it's weird that it's not on PlayStation. It's weird that Ubisoft isn't saying, hey, at the same time, let's launch on two platforms to get our name out there. But it will be on Xbox eventually but the $15 uh, point I mean is I think the, the price point's fine what I have an issue with is I don't know if Ubisoft has the backing to warrant that kind of money because when you look at what um, what Xbox does with the game pass it's constantly updating it it's constantly giving you first party and third party and even if you look at Sony PlayStations plus they're constantly giving you new things every month and they're giving you um, updated titles when you look at what ubisoft has it really just falls on its big franchises assassin's creed watchdogs the all the tom clancy games which are the rainbow six and the ghost recons and far cry but i can't imagine that 15 dollars is mm -hmm. worth it monthly to just tackle a few franchises so before we get into rainbow six extraction i want to kind of hear you guys' thoughts on what you think the price point if it's worth it and maybe eventually do you see maybe a merger and it finally does kind of fold itself into game pass andrew You've heard the news. I mean, it's kind of a, it's the biggest story, I think, so far of the year. So, I mean, what do you think? I personally wouldn't pay for that. I, I don't, I, I'm of the same mind. Like, I don't think it warrants the money because they don't really have, like, the type of games to, like, back that up. And let's say they, okay, so you have Assassin's Creed, Rainbow, Far Cry, and, you know, something else. Let's say they have four big titles out of a year. Okay, I'll just have my, I'll pay your $14.99 instead of go buying your game for that one month, and then I'll just cancel exactly. it. Exactly, it's a month. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to warrant me buying it for the additional rest of the 12 months. The only thing that I found was interesting out of all that anyways is that that extraction game, which I, if reading the room, nobody's really hyped for. I don't know if anyone's really excited for this game, is coming to day one on the Game Pass. One, not only, okay, like, let's bolster it up. Obviously, our sales aren't there. Our pre-orders aren't there. Let's get as many people in there as we can. But two, maybe that's their way of treading, like, okay, let's see how well this does, what kind of return we can make from that. And then maybe down the road, we will combine services. For right now, we won't because EA Access did not start like that. That was their own thing for a while, too. And then slowly, they started kind of doing stuff before they combined. That They could do that, too. And if they did do something like that, I don't know if they could raise the price that much. I don't know about $10 for all these games that are mostly like one and dones with no new things coming out until later on during the year. But if they raised it like, you know, $5 for an additional thing, like 20 bucks or something like that, it'd probably be worth it to be. What do you think, Gene? Um, <clears throat> I think that when you're looking at what's going to happen in the near future, that subscription services are going to be the next norm. And I think... Game Pass is doing an excellent job with it. So then you got to kind of take a step back and you're like, well, who else can even do something remotely similar to a subscription service? Ubisoft can do a subscription service that has 100 plus games. So then you got to kind of look back and be like, okay, well, what's the quality? They have some really good subscriptions. You named, the best. you named a bunch of them. But dude, Valiant Hearts, Child of Light, South Park, they have all the might and magic. So they, they have, uh, that speaks to a Satan gamer. Now, a younger person, I don't think might not jump into some of these because I actually had to look in their catalog. Some of these games are pretty old. But if you like those type of games, you can't find them anywhere else. And if that, that's what speaks to you. Like, they actually have 100-plus games. And they I was looking at the full thing. They have, like, 20, 25 solid, solid titles. So even if you're going to do this, hey, let me try it for a couple of months, you're still paying less per month than any individual game would be for if you were buying it at $60. So I have to say subscriptions are going to be the new norm. Can this Does it have the library to kind of compete? I think it does. I think the price point, I think $14.99 is fine. Someone like me, all three of us, I think we can do both and be fine. If I had to pick one or the other, I'd probably do Game Pass for now. Um, but I think they have the library to do it. I think it helps the ecosystem. It helps other publishers and gamers who have 
um, solid libraries. And, you know, it also makes them say, hey, I need to make a little bit more games. I need to get to 50 games before I get to my subscription. It kind of sets the bar. 100 plus games is the bar. And that's where you can kind of set a subscription service. Because a lot of these games, like Valiant Hearts, Child of Light, we played on the Game Pass. Rayman 3, I played on the Game Pass. All the Rayman games are on there. So it's not saying you're not going to get some, all of these, you're going to get some of the games on Game Pass if that's your subscription, which I really like, like he was talking about. But I think they do warrant their own subscription service. And I think they're a good step forward to see how other subscriptions can work on the Xbox. Yeah. Um, interesting points on both sides. I would think my biggest argument, and I think, Andrew, you were talking about it earlier, is that um, and you know, you're, you're, you're actually shining on a light is Ubisoft has a lot. It's got a lot to contend with. It's, it's got the backlog. It's got everything that a lot of people, you know, some gamers only play X amount of games a year. Let's say three to four. Some, all these franchises could be your three to four. So like I said, $14.99 isn't an issue to me. If that's your cup of tea, if those are the type of games you want to play, then that's completely fine. But the difference, like I was saying with Xbox and game passes, there's a constant rotation of what you have access to. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at a list of of what Ubisoft actually listed last year. So let's assume you had Ubisoft Plus last year. They dropped six games last year. And I don't know if 1499 is worth me paying, you know, to get six games. They had Scott Pilgrim versus the World. They had Far Cry 6, which is easily the juggernaut of the year for them. Discovery Tour Viking Age, which I'm sure no one's heard about. <laughs> Writers Republic, Just Dance 22, and Monopoly Madness. I, I just can't wrap my head around paying for a service that there's one game I want to play. I, Andrew's, you know, the, the tips and tricks is, you know, you do the month, you play the one game, and you drop it. The only thing I can say is that it does look like they give you the full definitive version. So if Assassin's Creed Valhalla is your game... Then you don't gotta pay sixty for the base value one. You can pay fourteen ninety nine and you get the full, you know, the full version, all the DLC, up constant updates as it goes. Um, but like Jim you know saying, I, I, it's got the catalog and but yeah, who else could do one? And we saw, I thought the biggest player was EA, and EA came into the fold with Xbox Game Pass, which I think was a good move. But the biggest thing is that. It, you know, may it come into the Xbox Game Pass? Maybe they might combine it. But as of right now, as a standalone service on Xbox Game Pass I, or on Xbox consoles, I just don't know. I, I'm not going to get it. I, are any of you guys looking at getting a $15 subscription <laughs> to play Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Ghost Recon, and South Park? So that's the thing is a lot of those games, they are substantial games. They're old games. They're old. I'm not paying to play old games. With the Game Pass, I have the promise of new games coming in the future. With the Ubisoft, I have one to two promise. Or off that list you read, yeah, I agree. There was, I would probably play Riders Republic, but if I didn't count that, I only have one game, Far Cry Six. So being generous, I'll say two out of six. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if that's worth it. And I get, I mean, it's interesting what they're trying to do. I get that they want to put their pass on a new platform to get more people to to eyeball it, but it's just. I mean, I don't know if it's one hundred percent worth it. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about the subscription at all? No, I think overall, I think uh, if anyone's going to do it, it's them, and I think it's a, it, well, they're going to one's going to test the water, and they have the library to back it up. So Would we'll feel, see if that works. Sorry. Would you feel better about it if it launched at like five dollars, like four ninety nine or ten ninety nine? Nine ninety right nine is the right point. Ten, yeah, I think ten, 10 is a perfect spot. And I think ten would get me to be maybe, and I'm more likely to. I think if five, twelve might magic. I think four ninety nine. If they could somehow eat the cost versus over whatever, I'd for sure get it. Even if I'm not playing any of that shit. Well, I four ninety nine. I think if you're getting the full version of the game, all the DLC with all the Assassin's Creeds, all the Far Cries, everything, nine ninety nine. I think is is the right. Point. Well, and again, fifteen's fine if you want to play their backlog. If you want to play hundred Ubisoft games then it's 100% awesome. But then now compare that to Game Pass, which is literally designed for everybody to play. Nobody with something can do that, consistently going. I mean, but I know, which is exactly, which is why I'm not sure why. It's almost getting into these movie streaming things. It's like every company doesn't need one. I understand Ubisoft has the library to maybe get by, and obviously they've been doing it, but it's like you're just backlog at this point. You're, you're, you're teeing up for one to two AAA titles a year, maybe two, three, you know, coming up. It's like... Who I don't know why you're paying for a subscription to get less premium content than every other subscription service. I like that you brought the movie thing because that's a perfect example we just talked about the other day. I will get mm -hmm. Paramount Plus for when Halo comes out, and that is it. Going to cancel it right after that. I don't need it because I yeah. don't care about what they have to offer. I do want to see what because again this was a PC exclusive subscription, so I do kind of I haven't checked the numbers yet, so I do kind of want to see what they were getting on that. Maybe it is so high they're like you know what let's keep it going, let's move it to console, but. 
with the subscription part out of the way, the next thing we actually got to talk about and more, you know, um, in depth is the Rainbow Six extraction. And it is kind of a big move. So the, the two things they kind of clearly stated is the Ubisoft subscription will be separate from Game Pass. It's not going to be combined by any means yet. But the other thing that it shows that they're hinting at is our big games will start doing a day one, day and date launch on the Game Pass. Because there's no denying that when you put something at, that's free to the masses that it's just going to get naturally a lot more eyes on it and, it and you know especially a lot more players and and andrew correct me if i'm wrong this is pretty much the last big co-op first person shooter that's kind of entering the arena we had uh vanguard which sold extremely well but has probably been the least liked call of duty in a minute we had battlefield 24 2042 which came out which was lukewarm at best a lot of people are saying right. like this game's okay and you don't want to be okay in a world of fps which is highly aggressive halo infinite which is dominating every every platform and i think because of two things not only was the gameplay great but it had game pass which let everybody play it now rainbow six extraction you know we've listened to reviews it's kind of hit or miss it's a little on the fence so let's assume that it comes out okay it might still have this huge benefit of just being on the game pass which means that it won't come out to being a flop in terms of day one players i mean i think the move's brilliant and i hope ubisoft i think that's why they're kind of doing this but you know as someone that's our big rainbow six guy i mean was this something you were even going to play this year no i had no plans on playing it i wasn't going to buy it but i can guarantee you now because it's a free day one game on Game Pass, not it. Let's say they just did it on the Ubisoft. I wouldn't pay for Ubisoft just to play that game because it's specifically on the Game Pass. I'm for sure gonna download it and try it, which I think almost everyone else will do. I wasn't gonna buy it and play, it, but now it's like, oh, it's there. This is what the Game Pass does. It's there. I'll check it out. You looking at checking it out? Yeah, same thing. Because uh, we're been playing more games three player, four player together. Can, try so, to yeah. yeah when Division, it came Outriders, game date. If I can play with all three of us, and it looked a lot like kind of like. Oh, Division 2 where you have to strategize and do some shit. I had a lot of fun playing that game. I think we'll have fun playing that game just because the party we are. But I think the more important... not Well, to me, what I'm thinking of is they're going to launch this big subscription. They're going to put their biggest game on the game pass. It's almost like a Trojan horse, man. Like, hey, let's well introduce said. a very good game. If this game blows up and people are like, wow. People who don't know Ubisoft are brand new players are like, this game's really good. What else do they have to offer? Oh, there's a subscription service? I think that's their mind frame when coming to it. Oh, they have 100 other games? Let's take a look at it. Let's see what they got. Could be, Let's yeah. Do, but why not do a one-two punch and and, and and pair it with Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something like that? Wasn't you know that on I mean? there, though? Wasn't that on the Game it's Pass? It's on the Ubisoft. It's no. not on the Game Pass. Oh, okay. But you know what I mean? Like, what? Because we've been looking at a lot of well, reviews. Well, they might. It's all and, up and up. No, I think, it's, I think it's a really... This is the thing going, hey, oh, this is what Ubisoft has to offer. But the only thing is... We don't know if this is quality yet. We don't. This game could come out and be a bust. Mm -hmm. The only thing, like I'm saying, the only, like unlike Halo, that's great and great. It, it, if it's a bust, then it only has the life of that everyone's playing it for free, and I didn't have to pay. I won't feel regret that I didn't pay sixty. I'll give it twenty hours if it's free. You know what I mean? So, but if the game's great, then awesome. Then we have another hit on our hands. Right. But we don't know that yet, and a lot of the reviews are. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Fifty-fifty-ish. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anyone talk positively about this game. I or at really, least, like, gushing, right? Yeah, no, no one's hyped about it. I mean, this game's been delayed, I think, like, two or three times already. And first, it was coming out with all the other shooters, and it got delayed past it, which I looked like a bad move, but two of those big shooters flopped. Halo's really the only big one, that there is room for someone else to come in, like, okay, you know, I can take some of that, you know, that brain feed and, you know, get in there. So, I don't know. I look at it as... Ubisoft is it is smart to move your move your subscription to a new platform. That's perfectly fine. I just don't know if I'm already paying for Game Pass, if I'm stacking Ubisoft Plus with it. I think it's awesome that Rainbow Six Extraction, I think they see the writing on the wall. You especially when it's these online multiplayer games. Put it in hands just to keep the player base alive. And mm -hmm. if people like it, they either A, will buy it, or B, get your subscription. And I, I think it's a smart move they could have done. I'm just super curious why it's not starting with Sony, because I don't know, nothing I read made it sound like it's an exclusive deal. Right. It just says Ubisoft's going to become the Xbox <clears throat> eventually. There was no writing saying they've signed a, a certain deal. Um, I'm just really curious because, again, Ubisoft only drops so many games. What's the next big one you would put on Game Pass? Because I don't think you can put your juggernaut, you couldn't put your next Assassin's Creed on Game Pass because then what's the point of getting Ubisoft Plus? Right.
So I don't know. Any, do you guys, any last words you guys want to put on this? I think the Sony one, it's not weird. It almost kind of makes sense because they did the same thing with EA Access. They didn't have that for the longest time because they wanted people to pay for, mm-hmm. you know, PlayStation Now and all their other stuff. So maybe that's the same thing. Like, hey, we can bring this over there. Like, no, we're all right. We already got EA Access. Like, we don't need that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you go over there? What do you think, Gene? Hey, what are you doing? Get the hell out of here. Uh, no, final words. I think subscription services are going to be the new norm, and I think they need to start somewhere. They already I are. Think this is the library potentially can put its foot in the door and at least kind of i mean game pass paved the way but this is really going to show other developers who aren't xbox what they can do and kind of what that looks like yeah i was kind of thinking like who else could really do something as big and i just because no one can copy xbox who can do it so especially now with spartacus coming with playstation adding because if you want to do backlog catalog spartacus is going you know hey we're playstation we have the best backlog so it's like what are you comparing yourself to? Because you're not doing day-in-day up-to-date things like Game Pass that has a rotation. And your back catalog isn't as good as Sony's. So you're kind of in this weird limbo of like, it's 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 not for everyone. It's for a particular taste. And I think that might be the Achilles heel of it. It's like, I've got to like Ubisoft games to, to get this. And that's not for everybody. So I really just want to see at the end of the day what their numbers are and what they've been doing for the last... I think it's been two or three years since they've been out. Yeah. I think if Xbox wanted to be aggressive... Two, that could be a big move for them. Like, hey, you know what? If you merge with us, we'll give you whatever percent. And then now that's another thing on top of Bethesda, on top of Xbox games. Only on Xbox will you get Assassin's Creed day and date for free. You can play it day and date on PlayStation, but that's 70 bucks. Well, I think the That would side, be like a huge crazy thing, too. The flip side, too, is if the subscription doesn't work, then you know your answer is pair with game or with the game pass well the thing I mean? is they have like, nothing like, to lose if yeah, no one gets it on console they still have all their pc stuff so it's not right. like putting it on console they lose well, anything and all, well, that's the other thing too they they they're already on pc so yeah. it has to have the numbers there to at least make, to it, worth at least make it worthwhile and you know so well, again that's what I'm thinking. i think it's, I think it's mainly more moving yeah. to rainbow six it's like we don't know if this game's gonna do do well what game what games always do well simply because they're on the past well let's make sure our shooter doesn't drown the first two weeks and make sure that it's got <laughs> it's a, a bunch of in, this in, this installed player base to check out and i think that's kind of what's the hidden messages i but guarantee I, mean, I, I could you, be wrong if this game's fire then it's fire i guarantee you those pre-orders suck right now and that's for sure why this game is like gonna be a day one game pass game and that's why they announced it so late they waited till the last minute like all right you know what this shit sucks like let's get out there and let's try to uh, yeah, they Try our best team. Yeah, they announced this like two weeks before the game comes out. It's like, oh yeah, and uh, if you guys were interested in playing it, you can find it on the Game Pass. Here's a piece of cheese. If you're interested in this game, we've been trying to shove down your throat for months now. Yeah, so um, that's I guess that's all we got to say about the Ubisoft um, combination with Game Pass. If you guys have heard anything different or have any different kind of insight on it, leave it down in the comments below and because I'd love to read that. So if you're a Ubisoft insider, DM me. <laughs> so our next um, story kind of slash riffs or um, kind of what a lot of outlets are doing, or you know, we're going to be talking about what are our most anticipated games for 2022. But instead of us doing like a top five throughout the whole year, I wanted to push it down and condense it into Q1, which is January to March, because everybody's going to say God of War, everybody's going to say Breath of the Wild too. But the fact is, we live in a you know the current pandemic, and things get delayed consistently. There's evidence of that for the last two years. I didn't want to make any kind of like broad statement of games that could be coming out in December and then get pushed. So we focused on January to March because these games are coming. We know they're coming. So right. I kind of wanted to focus on that. And the difference that we're going to be doing is there's going to be one game that we're extremely hyped about. That's a for sure game we want to play. We're going to buy day one. The second game that each of us are going to offer is a game that we're interested in, that we're eyeballing, we're looking at. But we're not sure yet. We kind of want to see what happens with that. So two games each. One, one that we're definite. One that we're interested in. Um, Gina, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so the one that I'm definite, definite about is going to be uh, Pokemon Legends. Um, Arceus. Platform is Switch. Developers, Game Freak. Publishers, the Pokemon Company. This releases on January 28, 2022. It's part of the 8th generation of the Pokemon video game series. Um, what I really like about it is that it starts like old, old school. I mean, we've all seen the trailer. We all know what it is. It starts in the Haisu, uh, region, later known as the Sonoa region, um, long before Diamond and Pearl actually came. I mean, you don't gotta say too much. It's a Pokemon game and my Switch is getting completely dusty and <laughs> I missed the, I missed Snap. I missed the, the last Pokemon remake. 
this game takes it to like a whole nother level. You're finally seeing a huge open world. You're seeing mechanics that has never been done in a Pokemon game. Um, I don't care if this game sucks. Like this game, like I'm going to buy no matter what. I think we all are going to probably buy it and do it. And another cool little thing is it's going to be the first game that gives you three starters from three different generations of games. It's going to give you Rowlet from Sun and Moon, Cyndaquil from Gold and Silver, and Oshawa from Black and Pearl. Um, it has so much going for it. Uh, it's beautiful game. Um, the colors are there. Um, it has, I'm mean, like I said, I don't know. I'm so excited to play this game. I, I, I bought two switches. I've beaten no games on it just because <laughs> of like Xbox. I bought it for the kids. Like this is the game I bought the actual switch for. I knew it was coming. It's finally here and it's going to be this month. I'm super excited to play it. Yeah, because I just did that six-minute um, kind of new demo reel that you guys can check out. And the, I, I'm super excited, too, because I was talking to my buddy Casey, and he's like, hey, did you buy Diamond and the new Diamond and Pearl yet? I'm like, no, because I think the next Pokemon game I want to get is Arceus, which comes out on the 20th. And, yeah, what Gino's saying, the, the new concept, the fact that instead of starting off with a Pokemon and then going to do gym badges, you're... You're literally, you're the OG starting the Pokédex. Like, you've, it, it's cool because you see your guy kind of creeping through grass and he doesn't battle. It's kind of like, I think we were talking earlier. It's like Pokemon Go. You've got to throw Pokeballs first. That, dude, he's dodging attacks. Yeah, I'm you, curious if he has a life bar because he's I getting out of the way of stuff and getting hit with fire dude. attacks. I'm like, okay. And then you kind of build up that. The only thing I'm trying to guessing is, is it an alternate timeline? Because if you're starting the Pokedex originally with three different Pokemon from three different generations, then what was the original 150 and how they couldn't find any other guys until the well, next one? So I think like, what they were saying it was based on like uh, early like Japan. So you almost think of it as like maybe another continent. So our, our region got the original 150, but they're in another continent. I, no, I, don't, I, I don't mean our personal one. I'm talking like in their timeline. Yeah. Like in their timeline, how does Professor Oak only know of 150 if there's documentation oh, I see what you're saying. That, yeah. that this guy's already been found? And that's that's kind of where I'm like, I'm going to well, take the this. the is here. Yeah, I'm going to take this Maybe as a multiverse type of game. Um, are you going to get it? Uh, I think so. I kind of watched the gameplay, and I was actually kind of down on it. I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't really look like it's too interesting for me. But... I think I'm gonna give it a try at least. And um, well, and again, they haven't. There's no second version yet. Like the notorious, you know, black and white. Good. You know, <laughs> so um, what I'm saying is, everything that's gonna be in the game will be in the game. There is no split series that's yeah. gonna have like I'll have these six, you'll have these six. So kind of interesting because now I want to know. Okay, well, if every generation's in it, then what did you pick and what's the number cap? What do you think? You think it's gonna be all everyone or just like? No, I, it's I, definitely not gonna be everybody. Okay. Hell, no, hell no. Well, there you have but it. But they so. had Gallardo. I mean, it had the original 150s mix and right. everything. So, but there's no way they're putting every single fucking Pokemon. Yeah, I can't wait. It, it, it's right around the corner. So, uh, yeah, I don't but need to I'm catch the Pokemon no that's like a what. dumpster fire, anyways. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what's your most hyped game? My most hyped game, I'm sure as everybody knows, is going to be Elden Ring from uh, by From Software. Comes out February 25th on uh, all or most platforms. Again, voted the most anticipated game at the Game Awards in 2020 and 2021. Of course, is made primarily by the big brains of Hidetaka Miyazaki and George Railroad Martin. Again, this is another <laughs> step in the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro direction. It's from the people who make all those wonderful games. I don't know if I need to say too much more about them. These guys, I love everything they've done. Everything that they have put out except for the remake of um, Demon Souls, which was not from them, even though that game is loved. I don't think it really caught fire like everything else that they've done. Everything that they have done and put out has just caught fire and just it's created a new storm. And it's created that thing. People say it all the time. Oh, this game is very Soulsborne inspired. Soulsborne. I haven't heard anything like that since like Metroidvania. And this is something I think that came out in like 2011 was when the first one came out. So it's cool to see something modern really kind of take over, create in a way its own genre. But I just love that it looks, it looks like a beautiful game. They're going some, they're going very different with it. It's very open world and they put out demos for it. They even had play testers. Uh, it, you could have gotten into You're something like that. that. <laughs> I actually didn't want to play it cause I just wanted to jump in fresh, but I have seen some gameplay of it just to kind of watch it. It ran beautifully. Like, I didn't see any hiccups or any problems or something that's as open world with as much as going on. It looks beautiful. It just, it looks like everything I've wanted and more. And I love, again, that these games are just unapologetically hard. There's no easy mode. The easy mode is if you summon another player to help you out and co-op, that's the easy mode. But it also scales with that. So when you summon other people, the bosses are harder. 
and they have more health. So it's it's that squid squid pro row because we were watching <laughs> Austin Powers earlier. Quick pro quo. So. I, again, I, I just love it. I love everything they do, and this is my most anticipated game for all year. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you on that. It's just kind of cool to see that the genre that was niche and you know nobody was really into, except for the diehards, has blown up into this thing. And it seems it's like crazy. They're, they're taking a piece out of every game they've learned, and they just consistently get better. And you know, you go from Sekiro to now Elden Ring, and then you're adding the talent of George R. R. Martin. It just looks like they've got now the story, the colors, the gameplay, and they're just expanding. So I mean, I got I'm I'd be. This will easily probably be in the top five games of the year next year. I'm curious. I'm, I'd be surprised if it almost didn't win. I, we got to see what, what it's up against. But, uh, yeah. So, the game I'm most hyped for, guys, is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This is a uh, game that is coming out on March 25th, developed by Gearbox and published by 2K Games. Now, it is pretty much a reskinned Borderlands. It's got the medieval fantasy setting with this like big D&D flavor in a game that they call Bunkers and Badasses. Now, I I don't really play a lot of DLC. Like I, I I'm a one and done. I play a game, I move on. And so when I beat Borderlands 2, I kind of didn't I mean, I heard about the Tiny Tina DLC, but as far back as 2013, there was the, they kind of played already with the fantasy version of it, and it just recently came to um, these platforms for you know the modern platforms for five dollars. So me, Gino, and DeAndre played it, like Gino saying, and we beat it. And all that did was solidify how much I'm looking forward to the next game. Because <clears> when you watch that trailer and see the abilities and the powers and the classes and just how much more they've dived into it, it's 100% more fantasy. The fact that the old games obviously were just were still again Borderlands reskin with guns. This one, you know, all these characters now have like magical abilities. You know, a lot of their abilities are named after like kind of D&D spells. So um, if you're interested in getting kind of a warm up taste, I would say check out the um, Assault on Dragon Keep one shot that shouldn't be more than $10 if the sale's over. But the new one that's coming out um, in a couple months, I'm 100% looking forward to playing it again with probably hopefully Gino, hopefully DeAndre and just dive back into Cool, I guess world. I won't play it. You didn't play the last it's one with us. I waited for you. I was waiting to run for you. <laughs> Hey, you got to be into bunkers and badasses, bro. <laughs> but um, so those will be our three hype games. Um, I'll start it down here and we'll kind of go back the other way is the game that I'm keeping my eye on is a game called Monarch, M-O-N-A-R-K. And um, it's developed by, and I don't know these, I don't really know these names. So it's Furu and Landcars, and then it's published by uh, Furu, Nippon, Ichi Software, and then obviously NIS America. Um, it's going to be on uh, Nintendo Switch and PlayStation as well as Windows. And it's a role-playing video game, action-adventure game. And it's got all the trappings that I like of a JRPG. It starts off with these kind of younger kids. They go to school in this like academy. This dead, deadly mist kind of takes over. And it's up to you and your friendship and your bonds with these characters to kind of take out these demons that are that are kind of coming in the combat is turn-based but it's kind of like this open action grid i wouldn't go as far to say like a tactics but um Gino kind of said it earlier when we did arc the lad like you can run around stop mm -hmm. set your combat and it looks like it's got an interesting cast of characters which is you know the number one thing you want to do when you play an rpg you don't want to play a game full of you know dull people that you have no connection with and looking at the um like the level up system it's got it looks like it's got a good you know mechanics of skills the game actually um, came out earlier in October 14, 2021. I believe it was only for the PC. So I think this is the first time that console gamers are going to get it. The reason I'm on the fence about it is after looking at some of the, the gameplay, it looks like some of the, the kids in the academy, looks like it could be tedious. It looks like it could be you doing these kind of weird quests, talking to dumb people. Um, so I wasn't thrilled about that. The other thing is that everything they keep showing off outside of things that aren't in combat is or in combat is this aesthetic that's like constantly red, like this crimson glow around it. And crimson. I'm like, and I'm like, okay, so I understand if they're not in the real world and they're fighting, but like, if that's the look I got to see every time I do combat, cause I didn't really see 
any other combat that had a different look. I'm like, I don't know if I want to look. It's like looking at the old fucking um, Nintendo uh, VR, yeah, oh, the, uh, Virtual Boy, Virtual, Virtual Boy, Boy. Yeah. and I was like, uh, you know, you can have you can have this game in any color you want as long as it's black and red. And so I don't know. <laughs> the reason, that's why I keep my eye on it. It's got everything I want. It's an RPG, a heavy JRPG that you know has getting good reviews. But as far as what I've seen as the look and what looks like could be part of the gameplay, that's where I'm turned off. So when the game does launch um i'm interested in checking it out so what's your game andrew uh, my interested game is strangers of paradise final fantasy origin that's coming out on uh march 8th i think i'm more uh, uh this one is actually developed by koei tecmo and team ninja obviously published by square enix so it's weird to see them going with a different developer versus like their casual square enix team um wh- one of the main reasons i'm interested is we haven't had any sort of final fantasy news or anything really related to xbox in a while and this is something that is coming to xbox it's an action rpg i think what's even weirder about this and what kind of has everyone talking is that it is a part of the original final fantasy one storyline but the thing is when they talk about it it's really weird they said that it's not a sequel but it's also not a prequel he kind of described it as a side story but it's almost like you're playing as the main villain of one before he turns into a villain. Garland or whatever. Jack Garland. Gar- Garland. And some of the things like don't make sense. So like the way your people are dressed, they're dressed a little bit more modern. That, but you do see people that are dressed like knights yeah. and kings and stuff. But at one point too, I know when I was watching the trailer, and I just rewatched the trailer again before this, he had something in his ears that almost looked like um, some sort of thing, so you could t- communicate with like teammates and stuff like that. So it's like okay, so like if you're that's like very futuristic tech. So I don't understand why you're incorporating that in this. So the whole thing just seems like it's really kind of a crazy mess, and I don't really know what's going on with this game. I don't know anyone that's hyped for it, but I am interested in. It and I want to try it just to see what it's kind of all about. So I think that's what has me far more interested in is because this game kind of looks like a mess to me. Uh, you know what that just reminded me of? If I had to think of another company to do a subscription, Square. Square, Square for sure. But they'd be on Sony. Do a, do a, I know, they do cross-plat. We'll see. Okay. Uh, I'm with you, man. So, Gene, what's your... Uh... I, I think I think it looks good, man. And that's the kind of hard thing. Here's where it comes to me. Dude, when we were looking at the list of this quarter... Um, January was a little short. There, every every month had about 15 to 20 games, dude. This quarter is stacked. And I don't know if that's because of so many pushbacks into yeah. January, February, March. Elden Ring had been delayed, dude, yeah. Every every month has at least five or six like quality games that you kind of want to look. So it's kind of hard just picking one good one. So when I was going through the list, dude, uh, what, immediate, uh, what I immediately jumped out to me was the LX2 trailer. It, when, it dro- when I was watching it, hard fucking rock uh I, I know nothing <laughs> about this game dude but it immediately caught my attention you see him uh flipping between i would assume different classes and different stuff he's shooting fire he's in like a like a technomancer suit he's running through so the game i'm going to pick is lx2 so it's developed by piranha bytes who does uh gothic and risen it's published by thq nordic it's going to be released on march 1st 2022 and so this game immediately caught my eye for what it was so i haven't even seen it dude never even heard of it so i went back through so we me and craig were kind of watching it we watched a video by uh code carnage who played some alpha footage and so it was just a it's a sci-fi themed action role-playing game you can use uh swords and guns and magic it, almost like a skyrim field that you can use two hands um it uses this resource called elix which gives you magical abilities um, but that's the main thing is like I'm super interested in it because I know nothing about it. The field looks good. You can join um, factions. It has everything I want in an action RPG when we're kind of looking at the video. It has skills, abilities. I mean, I'm an RPG sucker. Yeah, look, if it looks great and you have everything I want, that's it. But dude, that trailer caught me. And I think it has a predecessor. And when we looked at number one, it kind of looked like um, Kingdoms, Kingdoms of Amalar Reckoning. So even that's a really good flavor so um i don't know when we're looking at most games interested i'm gonna keep my eye on this i think you guys should too um for a game that kind of flew under our radar because one i guess has a huge following for it um this one looks extremely extremely accessible and i like it yeah hey there's one thing these guys can do is make a fucking badass trailer that trailer that trailer was dope but and maybe you'll remember do you remember like 2017 maybe it was an e3 or something there was that trailer of that dude walking and then it would cut through time and he'd be in a different body of armor in like a different time frame. And then it would cut again and he'd be in a new one. That's LX1. 
So when I started, yeah. when, we, when we went back okay. and watched that, I was like, oh, that's what this game is. I, I know exactly what so trailer you're talking about. Oh, I'm not sure. I never played it, but I mean, uh, so if it's, it it I liked it, it did it number two, and the trailer, again, is, is fucking awesome. So, um. It was like Doom, dude, when it hit. It yeah, it's just, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was doing the game, like, what's the game I was anticipating? I'm like, oh, this game's sick. Yeah. That's because of the, the soundtrack they hit. And again, guys, this is oh, lots of nitpick, but Doom is hard metal. Thank you. Very <laughs> much. This one's pretty, pretty solid. There's too. lots of games, guys, coming out between <coughs> now and the end of March. So those were just the games that we have our definite eye on and games that we are for sure going to play. So jump down below and leave us your um, games that you are looking forward to the most. So with that done out of the way, guys, we're going to move real quick into uh, questions of the week and we have one question uh from madeline moxie and she writes uh how many new beers have you tried for the first time on your shows and it was weird because i used to write them down like on a list of every i used to write down all the new beers we used to do but it got so like tedious and like overwhelming i'm like what i don't need a list of like 50 beers because we're on episode 118 obviously we've done champagne and we've done cocktails and we've done repeats so i'd i would guess at least, at least one third of the beers out of 118 had to have been something new that me and you have tried. I would have even said maybe like 50. 50? I was leaning there, but I'm like, maybe, maybe not. I would say, but comfortably one third. Over 30. Over 30. Over 30, but not more than like 55. I, as a fan of the show, watching, if you did 100 shows, 118, I would say closer to 60. Really? Now, you think so? In my modest 12 that I've done, well, that 60 would be one third. <laughs> I think I've done about eight new ones. I think oh, no, no, that'd be 180. We've repeated on Bud Light and Michelob a couple times. I think I've done about maybe eight new ones. But you guys watching the show, I think you've done at least 60. At least, well, you, even the one we're doing today is a brand new yeah, beer. I would say, fit, I've I would say had. Yeah, 50%. Yeah, say. usually most days we try to grab new beers. The That's only the days that we goal. don't is if we're running short, we've got something else going on. Like, okay, like let's quick. Just, especially around the holidays, I am not trying to be in the stores with like a million other people. So I'm not gonna go to the special marts and peruse whatever i just want to get in and out yeah the main thing when we do this at least when i ask these guys to bring a beer or someone requested is like let's do something we've never the had goal before. is always let's, to bring something new yeah let's good or bad now we've got plenty of bad now if i'm gonna remember all of them you know that's yeah. a whole other thing so now they've had to the bar, gold yeah if somebody offered me one of the beers we've had before i'd probably forget that we've had it yeah so. i don't think i'd remember what it would taste like but i think i would remember the name nice so uh, thank you for the question, and if you have a submission, leave it down in the comments below. But, guys, that is the end of episode 118. Uh, join us next time in episode 119. So, until next time, I'm Craig Perales, that is Major Montemayor, and that is Gino Perales. Cheers. Here's your new year. <laughs>